I get the privilege of introducing, well, the person that was already up here because um, he's actually going to be bringing the word. Can you put your hands together for Will Eifler? I know, he's no stranger. Oh, a lot of love for this man. Yeah, yeah Michelle. Michelle's a big fan, big fan. Um, Will's going to be bringing the word uh, this morning, and I am um, grateful, but also excited and expectant. Look, can we pray for just a short second uh, for ourselves as we um, get ready to open up the scriptures? Uh, Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to get to know more about Jesus. Lord, and I, I guess we could go about this in an intellectual way, but Lord, we're asking for something far more than uh, that which appeals to our minds. Lord, we're asking for something that transforms our hearts. And so, Lord, today, um, we open our hearts, our ears to receive um, what your servant has put together. Uh, Lord, there's no pressure on this man. Lord, the only thing you need is for us to hear what you're saying in the scriptures. And so God, do something powerful in our midst. Show us more of who Jesus is, more of his beauty, more of his majesty, that our love and our affections might be deepened for him. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. 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 If you, feel free to turn the, the lows down a little bit more, Myra. Um, I think it's just got a little funny feedback there. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to speak to you guys. This is something that's just very dear to my heart. Um, I'm going to just move this close. Yeah, I'll just move this closer to my mouth. And just turn the lows down a little bit more. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, this is, I, I just want to talk today, hopefully very simply, because what Daryl was talking about last week was phenomenal. Oh, and oh, hello, hello, hello. Check one, two. All right, that's better. Um, what Daryl was talking about last week, there was something so that that resonated so much with so many people, and I believe is because of the simplicity of drawing upon the grace of God. The grace of God is the only thing that's going to keep you. The grace of God is the only thing that's going to allow you to be used by God. So I, w- I want to talk today very simply about faithfulness. That's the, that's the whole point of the message. Uh, I would like to turn to Luke 22. Um, Jesus, we're going we're gonna to start in verse 24. Jesus is just shared Passover with these guys, the disciples. And he says, I've been greatly looking forward to this Passover. And the reason is he breaks the body and he shares his blood symbolically for the first time as he says, this is my body. If you don't eat this, you don't have any part of me. And he's sharing the first communion. Quite a moment which naturally is followed by the disciples starting to argue, saying, who will be the greatest among us? Which uh, totally follows. Um, But uh, Jesus tells them, in this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they're called friends of the people. But among you will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. You have stayed with me in my time of trial. 
And just as the Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So he's saying, don't worry. You know, you'll be great at some point, which I will determine. But it's not about that right now. Verse 31 is my key verse for this message. Simon, Simon. I don't know why he turns to Peter, Simon Peter, immediately. But probably because he might have been instigating this conversation and debate about who's greatest. Because that would follow uh, his pattern. But Simon, Simon. Satan has asked to sift you, each of you, like wheat. And I imagine he's saying this in particular to Simon because there's a risk there for him. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. He wants to take you out. Verse 22, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. And Peter says, Peter says Lord, I will ride or die with you. I will go to the end with you, Lord. And Jesus says, not so fast. You probably won't. This is exactly how it'll go down. But Peter, I think many of us, when we first get saved, have a great excitement for God. You know, when we first get serious about God, we experience God for the first time. There's something profound that happens where we're just like, yeah, I've got this. And not too long after, usually it's about two or three years because I've watched this many times, but you're not so sure you've got it. And here, here's, I'm just going to keep this message as short as I possibly can today because I don't think that it has to be long. Here's what terrifies me. I mean, I am so, I, I just feel so blessed. I mean, I'm bouncing back there with my son. I don't know if you saw him, but he's like rocking out to the music. <laughs> he just absolutely loves worship. He's getting into it. And uh, we're just worshiping back there together. And I just feel so, so lucky. So lucky. And I get to do this with this church. Um, and I get to see 200-some people here, you know, gathered to worship Jesus this morning. And they're worshiping Jesus and they're loving Jesus. And some of you aren't sure about Jesus yet, and that's okay. But some of you are really just in love with Jesus. And it just touches my heart. But as I, the thing that terrifies me is this. As I look out over the 200-some of you, many of you, whom I know, some of whom I don't, uh, and I walk with a lot of you. The sad thing is that, at least based on my experience, 10 or 15 years from now, I'll be talking to some of you, and you may have turned away from the Lord. Um, You may have gotten offended that God didn't give you something that you wanted. The marriage never happened, or the marriage fell apart. The money never happened, or the business fell apart. Somebody died. A couple people died. You got a disease. You know, there's this profound verse um, where Jesus basically goes to John, and he says, well, John is being put in prison. Um and he's, he says, Lord, is this, are you the one? We're sure to look for someone else. You know, is this it? Or, or are you really the Messiah? Because he's, he's, he's about to be beheaded. 
John's being tried to the very depths. John had, John, there's nobody more radical in the New Testament than John the Baptist. There's just no one more radical. And he's essentially about to face his death. And he's sending a message saying, Jesus, I mean, I, th- I was pretty sure, but I mean, are you really the one? Am I really going to die for what I think I should die for? And Jesus says, go tell John this, the, the dead are being raised, the, the, the sick are being healed, the lame walk. Yeah, but blessed is he who is not offended because of me. You know, and I believe that question is being asked of many of us today. Will you be offended? Will you be offended because of the things that Jesus did do or didn't do? In 10 or 15 years, will your faith, will your faith be shaken to its core? Because here's the thing, faithfulness is really needed. I, you know, my family came to faith out of great pain and trauma. My, the family history that my parents had to emerge from, Satan tried to wipe my family out, okay? I was <laughs> not expecting to get emotional by that. Okay, um, <laughs> try to keep talking. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a miracle I stand here today. It's an absolute miracle. Um, I can't get into the details because it'd just be too much, but it was national headline news. And it nearly took out my entire family. I wouldn't be standing here. And um, it is only by the grace of God that they came, I mean, because they wandered and they were confused and they were, in, they were literally actually in Scientology and they were wandering for years. And it was because of a few faithful people Faithful people. Hear that word. Faithful people. They were not rock stars. They labored and ministered in obscurity. Some of them have passed on. And they, they were faithful till the end of their days. And that was the testimony that caused my family to say, no, this, is, this Jesus thing is real. Because it doesn't matter how much you tell somebody. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But you can say the right words. There's a lot of people who can say the right words. But those words don't change nobody. The only thing that changes anyone is the testimony of your life. And these people, I mean, one of them was my music teacher, and she prayed my family into the kingdom of God. Just so grateful for her, uh, her faithfulness to God. I mean, she would pull over weeping. She'd be driving down the road, and God would cause her to be just overcome with a burden to pray for my family to be saved. She knew I'd be a musician from the time I was a baby. And then she mentored me and she gave me instruments and it's just tremendous. But those faithful lives, that is the reason my family saw Jesus. They saw a real Jesus. Not one that was just put on by the church. Not one that was preached on a Sunday. But they saw a real Jesus. And over the past 30 years, I've gotten to, because my family was saved when I was quite young, I've gotten to watch many churches come and go. I've gotten to watch the rise and the fall of many churches. Let me just tell you this this morning. Money's not the problem. Money's not hindering the kingdom of God from advancing. Buildings aren't up. Listen, I know it's hard. We set up and tear down. We, we bust our backs with this whole thing that we do every Sunday, and it's worth it. It is 100% worth it. I'll keep doing it until I am completely broken. But here's the thing. 
It's not about buildings. As, ni- as nice as it would be to have a building, I think we can look around us and say buildings aren't the problem. Every time I've watched a church fall apart and the subsequent families fall apart and lose their faith, it's because of people. It's because the faithful witness did not run its course. Are you going to run the course? Is your faith going to stand the test of time? Will you? The path of following Jesus is really hard. Really hard. And it just gets harder when you allow your life to be used by Jesus. It doesn't get easier. Are you going to last? Are you going to suffer till the end? Are you gonna, or are you going to be offended and walk away? Because that's what Jesus said to the most radical person who walked the face of the earth in his time, besides Jesus, I guess. Will you be offended because of me? Are you going to be offended? Because that's quite a bold question to ask somebody who gave their entire life. I'm sure, so, and this is where this meets grace, okay? Many of us are sitting here today wondering, yeah, faithfulness, that's, that's so far from even where I'm at right now. Like, I don't even know if I can get it together now. Forget in 10 years. I, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I'm going to be gone, probably. I mean, probably not going to last. You know, uh, it's just the fact. Like, I, I'm struggling. <laughs> I get it. Listen, here's the thing. If you will throw yourself into the mercy of Jesus, he will keep you. There's some verses that will um, prove that. Some of these I unfortunately did not give our team. I'm really sorry about that. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 8. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 8. The Lord will sustain you, keep you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm. God is faithful. He will keep you. Another one is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. God will keep you, not your efforts. God will keep you, not yourself, if you throw yourself upon the mercy of Jesus over and over. Because see, my family went through healing over decades. I am sorry to tell you this this morning, but healing did not happen day one, and it didn't happen day 500. Healing is actually continuing to grow It's continuing to happen in my family. It has been hard one. There have been moments that, there have been moments that were really, really hard. Pain, suffering, trauma, all that healing that needed to happen from it happened over years and years and throwing ourselves back upon the mercy of Jesus. It only, the only reason we stayed Christians, see the witness of our friends was one thing, but the mercy of Jesus kept us. The mercy of Jesus was the reason that we stayed the course and we kept signing up and we kept getting healed. And I want to encourage you today, the church is not your problem. I have such a passion to see strong churches built. And I'll talk more about that hopefully in a minute. But the church is not your problem. When you've seen a revelation of Jesus, it's on you now. 
It's not on someone else that failed you. Look, right, right now, churches are falling apart. The, the rock stars of our generation in the charismatic church seem to be falling from the sky like shooting stars, okay? Like, there is a shakedown in the church. You can point to, heck, as many as you want to say, there's examples that let me down. Jesus isn't real. Jesus is a wash because I watched this person commit this crime or I watched this person have an affair. I'll tell you this right now. If you look at the church right now, if you look at people, you will have plenty of reasons to walk away from Jesus. But that's not the point. When you've seen a revelation of Jesus, my friend, it's on you. Oh, it's on you to walk with him. It's on you to lean on his grace because it's between you and Jesus now. You need the church. You should build the church. The church is important. The church is the vehicle for his presence and for the gospel to be reached. And it's probably the reason that you heard the gospel in the first place, even though you might not even know it. But only the grace of God will keep you, not the church. It will not be someone else who keeps you. It will be the grace of Jesus. Another one in Jude, verse, chapter 1, verse 2. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who are called. See, you were called. You, you may not know that. But you were called by Jesus because you simply saw him. You don't realize it, but he revealed himself to you, my friend. He showed you the gospel. He showed you the glory of who he is. That's what got your heart. Not your great intellect, not the fact that you felt him during an emotional song. It wasn't that. It was that Jesus called you. He reached out. He picked you out of a crowd. The simple fact that you heard the gospel, that you were compelled by Jesus at any point, is because of the grace and the mercy of God to reach out and say, no. I'm taking that one back. You're not going to just live in squalor. You're not going to go to eternal torment. You're going to come up with me. You're going to be a child of God. It's a simple fact that the gospel ever touched your heart means God's love is for you. It means he loves you. And he chose you. To those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. He will keep you for Jesus Christ. And then my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures is so encouraging. Oh, it's encouraged me so many times, so many times. I think I had this on our bathroom mirror for about a year. Um, Jude 1, verse 24. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault, without a single sin. He's able to keep you. He's able to wash you. He's able to bring you before the Father without a single fault. That's profound. All glory to him who alone is God, 
our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Ooh, infinity and eternity filled with God's power and majesty and glory because of the witness of the fact that he was able to keep you. That's insane. That's amazing. That's so exciting. There's, there's, a, there's a lot I have in my notes that I want to talk about. One thing I do want to touch on is, you know, there are some of us in this room that have caught a fire for God, that we've, we've, we've felt God touch our hearts, right? There's something that's happened, something profound that's happened in your heart. And you say, God, I want to be radical for you. God, I want to go all the way. God, I want to be on fire. I want to do something dramatic for you. And God loves that. He created that passion within you. But let me just tell you something real quick today that hopefully will take any pressure off of you to have to save the world. God doesn't need radical people. He just needs faithful people. He does not need radical people. He just needs faithful people. Because the, here's the thing, our, 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 our culture has gone completely insane, no matter which way you look at it, completely insane. We've lost all point of objectivity, all point of reference. We have no idea what's real anymore. We have lost, you know that in the last 50 years, this is a random fact, but from, in my mind this connects. In the last 50 years, the average lifespan of a business went from decades to years. I realized that there's many, many, many complex factors that go into that, but we've lost what longevity looks like in the last couple generations. We don't know what a marriage looks like. The, we all know this statistic. The majority of marriages end in divorce, you know? Like, that's a pretty strong tell that something's, wrong in society. We don't have stability to look at. Most things just fade out. We don't even, we don't even know what we're grabbing on for, some of us. We are really lost <laughs> in this culture because there's no longevity. There's no faithfulness. Let me tell you how to be radical, okay? In 2022, if Jesus is burning in your heart and you, there's a, a love for God, let me just tell you how to be radical. Be here in 20 years. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. If you don't quit, you win. I think, I don't know who first said that. I think Heidi Baker said that. She's awesome. But uh, I had a shirt. I made Daryl a shirt with that. If you don't quit, you win. Because Jesus will keep you. And let me tell you why you win. Because Jesus is the one who gets the results, not you. Jesus is the one who will save the lost, not you. Jesus heals people, not you. Jesus will cause your life to prosper and to be longevity, be, be long and, and fruitful. I, I, I completely lost the, the right phrase there as I went. But you know what I mean. Jesus is the one who's going to do that too. Jesus is the one who's going to help you establish a strong family. Or if you never do have a wife or husband and kids, he's the one who will cause you to reach out and be a light and a beacon and minister to those around you. You know, maybe God, all God's waiting for is for you to open up your home. Mm. 
Some of us think that we need, seriously, we've gotten so brainwashed. We think that if we maybe had 100,000 followers on Instagram and we were singing hits, I struggle with that. I have to fight that probably every week. It'll never happen because I don't think my voice would get 100,000 followers. <laughs> but I'd still struggle with it, thinking there should be some way I should make it happen. And I have, to, I have to fight that thing down. I have to say, what in the world? Where did that come from? Where did that concept even come from? Why do I think I need a million followers? What is that? Because I, you know, we host these small groups, man. I've been, I've been loving every single nanosecond of it. We have these people come over into our home and we just talk about Jesus. We share a meal. And, you know, for the last couple of years, Amy and I have been watching people's lives transformed. That's what matters for eternity. I don't care how many people listen to your message. I don't care how many people bought your album. It's not about that. When are we going to realize it's not about that? That's not impact, and you're not a failure if you don't have it. All you need to do is be faithful. All you need to do is throw yourself upon the mercy of God to keep your life steady and steadfast. Because I promise you, there's a broken family watching your life. There's a broken man or woman watching your life, wondering, are they going to go the distance? Because I watched a lot of failure. I saw a lot of brokenness. And that's the gospel. The gospel that transforms your life. It's transmuted to others in a very simple, profound way. See, here's the thing that I've found. You can take the pressure off of yourself. Of having to force the gospel out of you in a five minute span of time. Because here's why. If you will just care about people and love people, they're going to see your life. If you actually ask them questions about themselves, become friends with them, give them something, before you know it, you'll actually have a real relationship. And you'll find that they're watching your life. There is no way to stop it. Okay, so I just wanted to tell you right now, if you're concerned about how the heck do I share the gospel, here's how you share the gospel. Care about people. That's all you have to do. Literally all you have to do. Care about people. Get close to people. And if you're following Jesus, he's going to prick your heart at some point. Like, why the heck aren't you sharing me with them? You know? But if you, you won't even probably get to that point because you'll be sharing your life with them. They'll be asking questions about you because your faith permeates your life. You tell about yourself, you're talking about Jesus because Jesus has become part of your life. He's part of your story. And some of you are very early in that story. You're wondering, is God going to even get me to that point? I am so broken. I am so out of sorts. I can't get it together. And I just want to tell you today, if you don't stop showing up, you are not going to get it together. Jesus is going to get it together for you. He's going to help you get it together. So I want to stop there. We had a just a beautiful moment last week. Joe, I don't know if you might be able to help me out with the keys and just give me a little bit of music for us to just kind of wait on God with. But, you know, there is something profound, profound about the fact that it's not about somebody up here who could lay hands on you and mutter the right words that you might be changed. I hope that you could lose that context and that paradigm as quickly as possible because it's not about that. Nobody up here is going to utter some magic phrase. 
No one has the prophetic word that's going to unlock your future. If you heard the prophetic word, you'd probably be so disappointed you'd walk out the door, by the way. So you don't want to hear the prophetic word. If you heard what God wanted to do in your life in order to get you where you're going, you would literally quit now. I am sorry if that sounds really crazy. It's actually true. I have experienced personal and observed to prove it. You would quit. You're going to need the mercy of God. You don't need a quick answer today. You do not need a prophetic word that's going to give you the answers laid out right there in front of you for you to just go do. He's not going to just overnight flip a switch and fix your addiction to prescription pills. Maybe he will. I hope that one would be quick, but it might take time. You're going to have to keep showing up. You're going to have to keep showing up if you want God to fix your mental health that's so broken you don't even know who you are. I'm telling you right now, the only way that you're going to find wholeness is because of the mercy and the grace and the love of Jesus. There's nobody else that can do it for you, friend. I can't do it for you. And if you don't know Jesus today, I just want to invite you. This is your moment. You know, like I was saying earlier, the simple fact that you heard the gospel today. The simple fact that you hear that Jesus is calling you. Listen, friend, he died for you so that you would not go to eternal damnation. Because the things that we've done are so contrary. They're so evil. We hide from them. We look away from them. We find justifications for them. But the reality is nothing, nothing could ever have saved you but Jesus. And all you have to do is accept him. All you have to do is bring him in and just say, God, I am, I'm asking you to come into my life and give your life to him. But if you've given your life to Jesus, or if you've not, I want to invite you to come up here. We're not going to have anybody up here to pray for you just yet. Just come kneel at the altar and just say, God, this is a moment with you. God, I want more of you. I just want to invite you. If that's you, come on up. Come on up. Just There's an open space here. There's plenty of room. If you're finding that you can't fix certain things in your life, you feel broken, you're like, God, I can't fix this addiction. I can't fix this temper issue. I can't fix my klepto tendencies. I can't fix these things that I do that are not of you. I can't fix my marriage. I can't fix my family. This is the place for you. I, I see like three honest people up here. It's always good if you want to pray in your seat. But there's something special about coming and just kneeling before God and waiting on Him. We're, we're just going to wait on Him. And we're just going to take a little bit of time. Because it's the mercy of God that's going to keep you for another five years, friend. In a city where there's everything but God. In a city where there's everything raging for your attention, trying to grab you and pull you into selfish living, into running away from God, His mercy will keep you. So God, we just invite you in this place right now. Oh Lord, come and touch us, Lord. We can't run the race without you. We will never get to the finish line without you, God. The people that we're supposed to touch, the families we're supposed to raise, they will never see Jesus without you. They will see just broken people 
who don't know how to get out of their own way. God, we just throw ourselves upon your mercy once more today, Lord. We just say, God, there's nothing else that will keep us. Jesus, I just say, Will Eifler can't keep himself, Lord. God, it will only be by your grace that you would ever say, well done, good and faithful servant. I get to shake your hand. God, I thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. God, I just ask every place that we've overcomplicated things. Lord, where we've made it, where we have to do some sort of complex, radical thing in order to be accepted by you, Lord, I just thank you for breaking that off of us right now. God, all you need are faithful people. All you need are people who are in love with you. All you need are simple people who are consistent week after week month after month, year after you, throwing themselves upon the mercy and the grace of Jesus. This is where we want to be. God, right here in church, throwing ourselves upon your mercy, God. God, I know that in 20 years, if there's a church here at all, it'll be because of people who threw themselves upon your mercy. They threw themselves upon your grace. God, for every person today who's been struggling mentally, I just declare right now that the struggle is over. There's no more striving in Jesus' name. Stop striving. Let Jesus in. Let go. Let go and let him come and heal you. Let go. Stop trying to fix your mental illness on your, your own. You know, your therapist doesn't know you that well. All they can do is listen to what you say. But Jesus knows the depths. He knows the depths. He knows what makes you tick. He knows the things that hurt you. He knows the things that will bring you joy. And it's only in him that you're gonna find joy. So just let him come in and heal you. Just stop striving for five minutes and just say, God, I throw myself upon your mercy. I throw myself upon your grace. God, I'm just praying right now for every person who's up here. God, I'm asking that you raise up a testimony of lives who don't fall away from you. Because God, if I preach in here this morning and one person is able to run the race because of it, God, it'll be worth it. God, I just ask you that you would raise up lives that could run the race for the rest of their days on earth. God, I'm asking you, raise up a faithful generation. God, we've had the hype. We've had the radicals. We've had the Nazarites. God, now bring the faithful ones. God, I ask that you would raise up a new Methodism. God, raise up a generation of people that go after you so methodically and so consistently. God, that it would almost seem boring to those that look on, but God, that there would be a joy that is, that is given to the hearts of those that go after you. God, I'm just praying for this group of people here today, Lord. Every person under the sound of my voice, keep them. Jesus, you prayed this prayer in the garden. Keep them. Keep them from the evil one. God, I'm praying that you would keep them from the evil one. God, keep them from recurring addictions, God. Keep them from the voice of the enemy. God, I ask that you would shut off the voice of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. 
God, I'm asking right now that you would just be so loud in their ears, God, that their, their head would be filled with your voice, God, not the voice of their thoughts, Lord, not the voice of the enemy, God, the, the identity that you speak over them. You're my daughter. You're my son, and I'm going to keep you because I am faithful. God, I just know that you're saying that over each one of us. God, give us a love for your faithfulness. God, give us a love for the, the keeping, staying power of God. God, let us build in such a way that the world that is falling apart would look at us and say, that is real. That's what I was looking for. Oh, Jesus, I ask right now, God, God, make us a church that is faithful and built upon a rock, built upon Jesus. And as Joe just continues to play, um, thinking about those who are down here at the altar, you know, it would, just, it would be easy just to go through the emotions, right? And, play a couple songs, get into the word a little bit, and then just go on our way. But you know, we're, we're, we're believing for something greater. We're, we're believing for something transformational to happen in our hearts. And I think that's why these people have responded. They're looking to do away with the same old, same old, right? The, the status quo, so to speak. Kind of, you'll always struggle with this attitude. You'll always have this besetting thing in your life. Well, man, we serve a God that would speak contrary to that mindset. And a lot of us probably think, hey, uh, some of these things will just, well, maybe all these things will just break away once we get into glory. And that's true, but why wait till then? Friends, we, 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 we serve a God who wants to change us. We serve a God who wants to work in our lives, mainly in our hearts. Man, if you need, if you need to just commit yourself to putting to death the old man, then if you're, like I'm sure many of these men and women who are up here, want to put to death the works of the flesh. I just want to give one more call. We don't need a bunch of people to respond to this altar. But, man, God forbid anybody miss out. You never know. A scenario, a situation like today could be a moment that God's putting together for you and I to encounter Him in a powerful way. Now, you know how many altars, calls I've responded to in my 20 or so years of following Jesus? A lot. Some, the Holy Spirit met me, delivered me, healed me, and others he didn't. But man, I am grateful for every yes, every moment that I stood up and responded because man, there was times when my flesh wanted to reel against responding one more time. But it was at that moment that the Holy Spirit did something powerfully in my life. And so just lastly, I'm not trying to work anything up. I, I honestly, I'm not trying to do that. But man, if you're hard, if you're, if you're feeling like, man, I, I gotta get up at that altar, then I 
want to open it up. And maybe, maybe it's for situations unrelated to the sermon. But one more time, if there's anybody here who would like to respond and throw themselves at the mercy of God as Will so eloquently spoke, that I want to invite you up. Let's throw ourselves at the mercy of Jesus. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these people who are up here at this altar. And those who are on the seats, Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're constructing here in our church, Lord. And how, how we're refocusing in many ways um, our, our goals, our pursuits, our objectives, Lord. And, I ask, Lord, that this would be a moment of just where we are refocusing ourselves around the mercy and the grace of God. Knowing that, Lord, we, we will fail. Lord, we will fall short of the glory of God. But we also have a great hope, Lord, that there's a mercy that is greater than our failings. There's a grace that is greater than our shortcoming. And, and God, I pray that right now, for those who have responded, that they would have a powerful encounter with the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ like never before. Often a word that we throw around in church, God, I ask, Lord, that it would be more than just a word thrown around today. I ask for each individual here who has responded, for them to be filled and encounter and experience a new outpouring of God's grace and mercy upon their lives in Jesus' name. Our feet, and you guys can sit at the altar. Stay, you just sit there. But all those in the crowd, let's just engage in a little song. Can we do that? Nothing else, Joe. I think you're in that key anyway.